Hey, everybody, and welcome to Be the Leader You Deserve podcast, where our mission is to inspire you to ask yourself, are you the leader you deserve? So this is season two, episode two. I am that leader. In this episode, we will chat with our first courageous female leader of the season, Crystal Hawkins. But first, before we chat with Crystal, we wanted to give a shout out and a quick thank you to KKMay88, who left the following reviews on iTunes recently. This podcast is not just for leaders of teachers, but teacher leaders as well. It reaffirms what I do in the classroom each day while also providing me the opportunity to reflect on my own instructions. It's important to have a positive climate in the workplace and Jill and Laura do a great job of maintaining the culture and climate while inspiring those they work with. Thanks so much, KKM88. We certainly appreciate leaving that great review. Um, and we read those to make sure that that informs our next steps. So thank you and then KKMA for being one of our listeners and um, shout out to you. So back to Crystal. Crystal's not only a leader within her professional community, but personally as well. She served as a teacher before becoming the family engagement lead for our entire district. And again, we are the 26th largest district in the U.S. Crystal also serves a larger community through yoga and inspiring personal growth among friends. So if you remember last week, we discussed the book, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. As promised, today we're going to present to you one of the most badass leaders we know. Welcome, Crystal. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm yeah, so excited sure. to be here. We you. are too. Yeah, amazing you want to tell us badass what... women. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started? Well, I will just share that um, I am only a badass because of the badass women that came before me. Uh, my grandmother, my mom, and just all the women who um, literally became a mom in so many different ways for me. Um, so I just, I'm really going to shout out to the badass women who made me who I am. And just also just mention that I am super grateful for what you all are doing for building this community. Um, I really believe that we are stronger together. So I just want to start by just saying I'm really happy to be here and just happy that, you know, we're all inspiring each other and I definitely see positive change coming from this. So thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. I get to ask you the interview questions because you know you're like, we're kindred souls. Yes. Before you became the family engagement lead for the district, the position didn't really exist. Tell us your journey of initiating this position and how you became so passionate about family engagement. So that is like a loaded question because it's, um, it really starts with little Crystal, right? So, you know, my, the, the whole idea of what family engagement is, is defined based on my experience as a JCPS student. So, you know, I was a student in our district who had a mom that worked her butt off, who was a badass, with three kids and had a really difficult time. And I just remember, you know, my mom telling me when I was younger, if I have to go to your school and I can't eat lunch, um, you know, I have to go on my lunch break because all the meetings were during the day, she would always tell me like, you know, you're going to be in trouble. (laughs) So I would always like, don't call my mom. Okay. (laughs) And so, but at the same time, there were so many things going on in our family um, that it would have been great if we would have had that support or compassion or empathy. And unfortunately I felt really alone and my mother felt shame and guilt because she couldn't be engaged. And then I also think about the reason why I entered education 
was to make sure that, you know, kids that look like me, that had similar experiences, that, that dealt with some of the same things I dealt with, they knew that they were valued and that um, they could take the experience, you know, of their childhood and have a difficult time and still be successful. So it really started with um, wanting to create a different experience for moms like my mother. And I recognized when I was in the classroom um, that unfortunately within our district, it hadn't changed yet. Like I still saw that, you know, still noticed that there were still meetings during the day. Family still felt really guilty. There were single moms trying to do what they could do, but they, they were having a really difficult time. So, you know, I started off in the classroom. I had an amazing parents. I still have, I have parents that we are still close and connected. And, you know, I always thank them for just allowing me to be a part of their family. And, you know, from there, I went to support, you know, our district with homeless education. And it was when I worked as a resource teacher in homeless education that I realized we were homeless. And it was different because we lived with my grandmother. So I didn't think we were homeless. I was like, we weren't homeless, we lived with my grandmother. But technically that was the definition of homelessness. And so I realized that every experience at that point that I kept going through in the district, it was related to Little Crystal. And um, every time that I was transparent about my childhood and what I went through, it gave me a breakthrough to really help other families kids that look like me, families that look like me, even families that didn't because we all suffer and we all have our different challenges. So when I worked in, you know, in homeless education, it was my first time that I realized how many band-aids we were putting on things. And I felt like, you know, I could help families. And then unfortunately, because of different systems of support, it's just like the band-aid would fall off. So when I had an opportunity to work in Title I, obviously, you know, the whole goal is to make sure that there are ways to support, you know, students that have that have the most need, students that look like me. And I also had a huge problem with the idea that a kid, just because you're in poverty, that there's some sort of expectation that you can't be a high achieving student. Because I knew that for a fact, that was me and that was not the case. So when I started in Title I, um, I realized that family engagement was like the main thing that they monitored schools on, but there was no support on how to help families, like how to help schools actually engage families. Like no one actually learned how to do that in college. It wasn't something that we had a handbook on. <laughs> so I realized like, okay, if I say that I want to change it, if I say that this should look different for mom, for mothers that look like my mom's fathers, families, then, you know, I needed to do something about it and I needed to actually increase capacity. So I put together a proposal, <laughs> put together a whole proposal on how to really build capacity at the school level, at the district level, in the community, and really tied it with the requirements that we already had with the state and with the, with, you know, the federal requirements. So put that together and that's literally how I created <laughs> my position and really created the work that I'm doing. And I can say just having worked in the district before you were in that position to now that you have com completely changed the trajectory of what family engagement looks like in our district. Um, and our families are really and truly plugged in now. Um, more so than they ever have been. And so I can't wait to see what this looks like 
years down the road because it morphs into even a more beautiful thing every year. And I'm just so excited where, to see where this goes. And you know, Crystal, you 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 described a lot of the things that Jen Sincero talks about in her book was you had a vision for what you wanted to make happen. You wrote it down. I think you were unwilling to hear no. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and, and so you just, you know, you just kept on and, and, and knowing it was going to happen um, for all the reasons that you talked about and you just stayed the course with that. Um, I'm curious to know, was it was it an immediate, sure, that sounds like a great idea or were there obstacles that you faced <laughs> in getting this position approved? Well, we all know that nothing is that easy. <laughs> So I will say that my uh, proposal, it you know I presented multiple proposals. So I'll, I'll just say that. So obviously, it wasn't something immediately um, that was like I guess necessarily approved. Um, I think there were also, um, you know, there were also times where I was told, oh well, we don't need that, or you know, this is what. We typically do I heard that a lot and that actually you know I'm sure we that all gets us heated when we hear well we've never done that before or why do we need to do that and I actually remember you know because this is part of my research I'm working on my doctorate too and I remember um having conversations about um that just family engagement is something that's not um tied to research which it actually is but there was just this 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 thing like family engagement's just cute. We don't really need it. It's not really important. So that actually just motivated me to find the research because there's plenty of research that shows that when families are more engaged, achievement's higher. Um, and then there's also um, when we're talking about equity, what what a lot of people thought of is well, the families that are going to be engaged are going to be engaged. The families that are not, we can't do anything about that. We can't control that. So what I started to look at was what can we control? Because I know that we can control the times we have meetings. We can con we can control our capacity. We can learn more about how to do this effectively. Like there's plenty that we as educators, administrators in a school district, we can control. So I focused on what we could control. I knew that we had a lot of requirements that we would be monitored based on. So I knew that if I supported schools within those requirements, check, that's good. I knew that we could control um, providing professional learning to, you know, to schools and, and having people at schools that, to build capacity. And so there were a lot of different things that I just focused on, like what could I control? And that's where I'm headed. And then, you know, the rest was history. <laughs> well, Crystal, I'll never forget when you sat down with us and we were like, we need your help to engage our families and blah, blah, blah. And you said, well, have you talked to your families? Yep about what they want and we were like no <laughs> yeah something else that you said crystal you said you know when we hear no that fires us up um well that fires me up of course and that fires laura up and that fires you up but i i don't think that's true for everybody i think some people you know can make it to the step that you made it to but then when they hear no they they take that as defeat and kind of tuck their tail you know and, and roll on but you know, in Jen's book, one and I, I underline this, this quote, it says, if you want to evolve in your own life, you have to push through the obstacles instead of running from them. Obstacles and challenges are the agents of growth. And you exemplified that with what you just described. 
Yeah, and I think too, it's it's focused on your why too. It's focused on like your purpose. And I knew that you know from a very young age, I always said that my mom, that I was going to um, really just make sure that my mom's struggles weren't in vain. And so when I think about the families that are in our district, and I, I think about my mom, and I think about you know this is not um, just a a job. It's a it's a purpose. And education is not just a job. And so, you know, when you say no, or when someone says no, it's like saying no to my mom or saying no to something I know that can that can that can be done. Another thing, is, you know, is I think when you hear the no, you also think about who are you hearing that no from, and you put into perspective that you know other people's fears or other people's uh, whatever their perspective or wherever they are that no may be may mean something to them but for me I'm like mm, I think our perspectives are a little bit different so anyways <laughs> I, know, I just say I say that you know to me it goes back to my why and if I'm really really sold out on like my why and why I'm doing what I'm doing then I'm okay with the no like bring the no let's let's turn that into how <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you recently started a challenge within your yoga community called the I Am Challenge. And I joked with you before we got started and said, oh my goodness, I can't believe I joined this because it's made me run even more miles than I ever expected to do at this time of year. (laughs) But will you tell us about the challenge and what led you to take this on? So... I will be honest with you, completely transparent, that that I am challenge really started with me. And I felt that, you know, I was entering a season, this uncertain season that we're in. And I really had a lot of anxiety about like, what's to come, you know, like what's gonna happen, you know, in our in our community socially, like what's happening politically, what's happening with our kids, you know, with NTI, like, and I was just, you know, anticipating that, you know, what if we're entering like a very, very rough season? So I, I felt like I really needed to get prepared mentally. And the only way that I knew to do that was to focus on not try to like anticipate like where I'm going to be in six weeks or eight weeks, but really focus on where you are at the, in this moment and realize that you already have everything you ha- you need inside of you like right now. So like even if you, you know, six weeks is going to come and it's going to be really difficult. What can you be working on like right now to fine tune the, the the tools that you already have? Like, so when it's, you know, if you're looking at focusing on your eating, if you're looking at focusing on working out, like what can you be doing each day? Um, because if you know that there may be um, difficult times ahead, okay, I'm gonna work out each day. And the reason why is not so that I can have a beach body, the reason why is so that I know that I need to be mentally and physically strong for whatever comes my way. And I want to just keep reminding myself each day that I have what I need. So that was really what, where it started. But me, I, I, I feel very selfish if I just focus on me. So like I knew that I would do like I would stick to it more if I invited my friends. <laughs> so, like, let me invite my friends. And then for me, I, I really believe, this is always the thing I say over and over again, we are stronger together. And, you know, many times when we feel isolated and alone, we actually think that like some of the things, the challenges we face, we're the only ones to face that. And that's not the case. 
So I wanted to make sure that A, we were all reminding ourselves that we had what we needed to get through this. Um, and it wasn't going to be in six weeks, I was going to get to some level and like be like Rocky at the top, like, Whoa! but I wanted, <laughs> to be like, I wanted to have an opportunity where each week, each day, you could be at that like top of the hill moment and allow that to continue to motivate you to keep going. So, so every day when you're running, Laura, I want you to be like, <laughs> I want you to feel like Rocky, like not at the end of the challenge, but like while you're in it. Well, it's funny you say that because since I had MK, who's two and a half now, um, I've said I want to get back in shape. I want to be able to compete again in different endurance events or athletic events. Um, and there are just so many goals that I've set for myself recently, but I really hadn't broken it down into small chunks, like oh, by week, um, until you sent that out. And so like, I really wanted to get back on my bike. That was something that I was... Um, I've been wanting to do and I just haven't getting back on your bike I feel like it's so hard because I know where I was yeah. and where I am now and it's just such a far gap and so I set a, a physical goal to be on my trainer or at least my bike twice a week and I'm gonna be honest have the time that I'm able to get on my bike on Tuesday Tuesdays is typically not until around nine or ten o'clock at night and it is a struggle yeah um but I when I put that on paper and committed to myself I don't I don't typically break that right so even if it's 10 o'clock I get on and then for running um because that's something I'd like to get back into as well I set a goal of extending my long run one mile each week yeah and that doesn't sound like a ton but if you think about it five weeks ago I was at six miles and now I just ran 11 on Saturday Um, and I'm not setting any world records right now but I finally feel like an athlete again if that makes sense and it's because of those small victories each week that I am able to celebrate like I did it this week I ran another mile further or whatever the case may be and Every week, you may not be able to meet that exact goal. There may be things that pop up, but I think giving yourself grace, um, I just really appreciate the challenge because it's pushed me to do things that I've been wanting to do, and it's given me an attainable way to do it. So I appreciate Yay. it. <laughs> that means so much. I mean, you know, because I'm, I'm right there with you doing the challenge, and what I notice is I have to continue, you know, I have to tell myself, it's okay if you don't get exactly where you want it to be in that moment, like you're still a badass, you know, you're still amazing. And so I, you know, you know, so I even started running. First of all, I've always hated running. Like my entire <laughs> life, I don't understand what's happening in 2020 because now I'm starting to run. I've always hated running. And so I've started like running. And even if it's like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is, it's still just, you know, connecting with like, yes, girl, you got this. Come on, right? you can do this, you know? Even if it's just like, you know, doing a something that, you know, typically is easy for me. And then I, but I'm like, I didn't really have a lot of time. I think in this challenge, I've been able to just say, you got it. Like, this is amazing. This is reminding you that you are the warrior, you know, that you, that you want to be. Like everything that you need, um, if you want to be happy, if you want to be content, if you want to be at peace, you know, if you want to be consistent, you are consistent. Like you're doing this right now. So I think it's been a good reminder. It's a daily like conversation we're having with ourselves. Like it's a conversation I'm having with myself 
every day. Like you wake up and you're like, oh, I have these great intentions. And then the day happens. <laughs> so yeah. it's almost like each day you're having a conversation and like almost like having to negotiate your warrior, right? And then I think each day when you kind of reflect on it, you realize, damn it, I am a warrior. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, Crystal, you, you hit on two other really important pieces too. The first one is those positive affirmations. We've talked on our previous recording about the importance of that positive self-talk. Uh, you know, we wake up in the morning and we think, oh, this day. And in fact, you know, we were even talking a little bit about it before the podcast got started about how you approach a Monday, you know, do you approach it as, oh, it's Monday or, you know, yes, like this is what you were saying. It's Monday. It is my first chance of the week to get started being a badass. So I think mm-hmm. those positive affirmations are so important. And then the other thing that I heard you say that I think is we've talked about too, is having surrounding yourself with those accountability partners who will lift you up. Yeah. You know, it'd be real easy if, if, you know, for you to wake up and think, oh, it's cold outside. I don't want to go for a run. And then your accountability partner was like, you're right. Just sleep another 30 minutes. But you want to be around people who are going to elevate you yeah. uh, to reach your goals. And those are important things that I heard you hit on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, and Laura's like, oh, I'm getting on my trainer at nine o'clock. I'm like, well, Crystal, what's stopping you? Come on. <laughs> you know, get yourself together, girl. <laughs> It's hard, but it is. There is that piece of accountability. And outside accountability um, is amazing. But I've always found, and we're going to talk about this a little little bit with our next question about creating that crystal clear vision of what you want. But when I have that, I'm able to hold myself accountable because I know what my goals are and what I'm trying to achieve. And so... For me, it's really that inner accountability as well, because I don't want to let myself down. Right. And I think too, and I think it's realistic. You know that, you know, ultimately, I know that I can get to this place. I know I can get to this place, but I'm not going to get to this place if I don't do what I need to do to get there. Right. So I think it's that realistic, like, all right, uh, you know, Laura, okay, Crystal, you say you want to be this place, you want to feel this way, you're not going to feel this way if you don't do, if you don't practice what it takes to, to be where you want to be. Absolutely. So last week we talked with our listeners about a first step in personal and professional growth is becoming crystal clear about your vision. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's setting the goal, being really clear about what you want. And sometimes that even leads to naysayers who will try to bring you down. Have you experienced this in your journey? I think you talked a little bit this about this um, earlier when you said you didn't get yes right away. But have you experienced naysayers that try to bring you down? You know, I mean, yes, but I guess here's the thing. I actually have a lot of compassion for naysayers in a way, you know, and because I, I, I realize it's not it's never really about me, you know. And like my, my goal has always really been to be a reflection of like the light, right? I always, I always say to my, I, mean, I remember from being a young girl and, you know, realizing that when I had goals that no one else had, it made some people feel uncomfortable. And it's still that way. Like, I think when we want to do things that other people don't understand or, you know, they are um, perceiving it a different way they're taking sometimes our accomplishments or our work and it makes them feel uncomfortable. And I think sometimes it can make other people feel uncomfortable um, because it's something they want or it, it, it brings to face like, you know, something that they're not addressing within themselves. 
So I try to really have a lot of empathy for anybody that's a naysayer because I don't think it's about me a lot of times. I think it has to do with their fear and they what they need to address. And so I'm always a person though, just because I'm a natural encourager, <laughs> I really believe in, I have compassion for that, but then I also want to show them what is possible. And so just because they're fearful and just because they're projecting sometimes their fears on me, doesn't mean that I have to join that fearful place with them. Like, I don't have to go there with you. I can show you what's possible because maybe you're, you know, maybe you're a naysayer because you, you've you not seen anything different. Maybe you have no idea what that looks like. So let me show you what's possible. And so I think that's something I, I try to do is if someone is a naysayer, you know, unpack it a little bit because I love feedback. And I do think that, you know, there is a space for someone saying, hey, you know, have you thought about this? And I think that's a such a wonderful opportunity to, to consider that. And right. then I think, you know, when you also think about like, what's the place? Why are they giving me this, this, this naysayer, I guess, perspective? And I've always been really obsessed with understanding people's stories. And I think when you understand the context, context of people or like what their story is, you understand sometimes that, ah, oh, that really didn't have anything to do with me. Like that's more to do with their fear. And I, just because they're fearful of it doesn't mean I have to be. And that's such an admirable characteristic, or, yeah, characteristic because I think it's so easy to take feedback, negative or positive, really personally. Um, so to be able to unpack other people's stories, to not let it influence you on a personal level, I think is really impressive. Um, and something that I strive to do, but I'm gonna keep working on it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I think part of that comes from me being like a like an only girl with raised with boys, honestly. And the reason I say <laughs> that is like my brothers didn't quite like no one quite understood what I like what I was doing ever. Like I've always been used to like being weird, <laughs> like you know, being raised with boys. Like I had that, I want to play football, but then at the same time, I wanted to wear lipstick and I wanted to like, but I was never, I guess, all of either way. So I remember, you know, liking different things that other people would be like, that's weird. And I'm like, yeah, I'm cool with that. <laughs> it's like, I'm, yeah. So I think letting go of that fear of rejection or fear of uh, disapproval is okay. Like, I mean, I think I let go of that fear a long time ago. And um, I've always been a person that when something is fearful, I tend to like to like overcome it because I don't believe that like God gives us fear. I think fear is something that <clears throat> it, it's a distraction from like where we need to be and like um, our purpose. So like if something scares me or makes me feel uncomfortable, I like to lean into it. I like to unpack, like, why is it making me feel uncomfortable? Why is it making me fearful? So I think when it comes to, like, rejection or someone, I guess, being a naysayer, it's something I like to lean into. I like to lean into it, understand why is this happening, um, and, you know, just unpack it more. You know, Crystal, it's funny because I know when we talked with you before, we found out, well, actually, we predicted and we're correct that you're an eight on the Enneagram. <laughs> yes. Good <laughs> job, you all. 
Yeah, and listening to you right now, that defines you so well because the eight is known as the challenger, um, the powerful, dominant type, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. And you know, it's funny because I think sometimes when people hear the word confrontation, they see that in a negative con connotation. And the way you just described it about leaning into the challenge, that brings a whole new light to the power of confrontation. So thank you for that. I mean, I, I mean, I really believe that, you know, I guess confrontation or conflict is an opportunity. And I mean, I think because I tend to not, again, I love people's stories and I don't take things personal because I realize we are all typically reacting to each other's stories and not really what is at the core of what's happening. So like for me, I think conflict is like a great way to understand where someone is and kind of get deeper into the core of who they are. So I actually think it's a positive thing. I think it can definitely be a positive thing. So Crystal, you and I have talked about the power of positivity and I know um, a month or so ago I texted you and said, um, your, vibra your vibration and passion is something that I hope to match. Um, have you always been this positive or, and how do you stay in that high vibration? Well, I'm going to say this. I, you know, I think I am probably a, I don't know if it's a naturally positive person, but it really, but it, it wasn't always that way. So I actually started off in a way the opposite. So I, you know, as a little girl, I smiled a lot, but I wasn't happy. And so, you know, being a little girl and understanding the world, but having no power to do anything about it, I felt very depressed as a kid and actually very unhappy. And so people would maybe look at me and say, oh, she seems fine, she seems happy, but inside I really wasn't. Um, I really like my journey with God started because I would pray each day because I didn't know if I was gonna wake up the next day. So when I was younger, you know, at elementary school, I had a fear that I might not make, I might not wake up from day to day. So it was actually a very difficult time uh, for me as a, you know, as a little girl. And I think the more that I survived, the, the more that I learned to thrive, the more that I realized that I never wanted to really go back to that dark place of wondering, is this gonna be my last day? Like, is this, is, you know, something gonna happen to me? always being anxious, always worrying. And I just realized that I never wanted to go back there. And then I also learned different strategies that could really keep me from going back there. You know, we start to feel, you know, we start to feel like there's a cloud over us. So we start to feel that we're anxious, a little bit more anxious. I think as, I, as I've gotten older, I've learned that moving each day makes me feel better. What I eat makes me feel better, you know, um, trying to not take things personal makes me feel better praying makes me feel better so i think starting off as a little girl and seeing what a dark place felt like for me i think you know i talk to my best friend about this all the time too I, both of us had difficult times and we're always like we never when you when you experience that as a, at a young age you it's almost like you do whatever it takes to like make sure that never comes back thank you for Sorry, no idea that because now you're just the most vibrant and, and your energy just feeds my soul. Oh, and I love to be with you. 
Yeah, it's contagious. First of all, I'm sitting here teary-eyed listening to your story. Um, and thank you for being so vulnerable to share that with us and our listeners. But like Laura, I remember the first time I was sat in one of your presentations. Who is this? I get closer to her. crystal i'm here yeah i'm here i think i lost you on and came back i'm like at the best time too come on <laughs> <laughs> there you are all right so why don't we do this um we had two more questions but we will um go ahead and ask the question we didn't send you this one but it's the question we always end our interviews with both um professionally and on our podcast <laughs> And it is, list three words that others who know you would use to describe you. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I think um, enthusiastic, um, passionate, and um, energetic. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a good one. You all did a good job. I didn't, I didn't, wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> that, that's uh, that's kind of the um, that's kind of the uh, the intent is to throw everybody a little off um, off guard with that one, just so we get your true reflective self on what what that comes to be. Um, well, Crystal, we've enjoyed having you today, um, and so everything that you've shared today, it's no reason that you were recently chosen as the Leadership Louisville Center's um, new forty cl second class. Um, so congratulations Thank on you. that. Um, I, you know, I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, she's working full time. She's doing this on the side with the <laughs> I am challenge. She's working on her doctorate and she's joined this Louisville leadership class. Tell us just a little bit about what that entails for you. So I, you know, what I've always seen is all these things are so connected. And I literally think of like the position I'm in right now. And I wouldn't have been able to make sense of where I am right now if I don't reflect on little crystal or every single opportunity that I've had along the way has always prepared me for this moment. And I can't remember, someone told me that as I, like, I don't know, my 20s or something, and it's always stuck with me. Like every single, you know, position, every opportunity, every barrier, everything along the way, it always prepares you for this moment. So I think I'm in a space right now to be just very grateful that everything that I do is all related. So it doesn't feel like I'm doing separate things. It feels like it's my life. It's just, you know, it's a different facet of my life. Like I remember when I started teaching fitness and I kept thinking like, I don't necessarily know if I want people showing up to my class from JCPS because I play a lot of like ratchet hip hop. <laughs> and I say bad words sometimes in class. So I don't know if I don't want people to come and then I realized that okay so I'm working out because I needed to be present for my kids and my community and families like and I knew that I had to let go of some some stress release it and show up and be ready the next day so I had to work out to do that and so I'm like why in the world wouldn't I share that with other you know with my colleagues that are going through the same thing and then like so many JCPS peeps started showing up like we need this crystal. You know what we're going through. So you know and it's because you are being your authentic self. 
yeah and you you just you you, you know i i will say and you know within my career that actually started with a student like i remember when i had a student that said to me you know she was upset one day and i was like what's going on and she was like i was mad i was like well why are you mad and she was like you know i'm just thinking about you know how my father is on drugs you know and my you know my mom things going on with my mom and i looked at her i was like you know what my father is still on is on drugs too and at that time my father you know lord rest his soul but at that time my father was still an addict and i was a teacher and i remember i never shared that with anyone and i'm like you know why not share that like i and she looked at me like what you miss hawkins you're a real person and you have a father that's on you know that's also an addict and so i think in that moment i realized like why am i not being who i am authentically what do i really have to be afraid of like I have to be afraid of people actually finding out who I am. Oh my gosh, like what? So I think once I let that fear go and I was like, it is okay to be authentic. I'm not going to tell my kids everything, you know, but it's okay right. for me to let them know that I'm a reflection of you. Like, you know, the things that you're going through, you're not alone in that. So, you know, I think that was my first time of like just being like, okay, like just, it's fine. You know, and then even with like, social media like I was always like oh my gosh do I put my yoga stuff on social media but then what if JCPS people find it but then what if like you know so I think it's a matter of you got to be who you are in every space I you know a mentor taught me a long time ago like don't ever lie because you can't you ain't got time to remember the lies so you may as well just keep it real wherever you are <laughs> <laughs> and that is definitely me I will keep it real in whatever space I, I don't have time to switch it up because I do way too many things. So, so I would yes. say, so like with leadership, um, I'm very grateful to be able to use all the things I'm doing with the district. And actually to me, I feel like I'm bringing a larger family to it because, you know, I've met already just so many other professionals that are really passionate about helping the community. So again, I think, you know, we're stronger together. I can get more community members and then, with my doctorate, it's awesome because, you know, I get to focus on research related to family engagement. And for me, the you know, um, being a yoga teacher, to me, that just ties it all together. Like, that feeds my soul. Like, when I honestly, and you know, watching other people work out, like gives me more energy. <laughs> I mean, it does, it's like, and then I realized that like, I get to be like the, like almost like the um, symphony, like, you know, master. Like I get to, you know, put the music together. I get to put the, uh, the movements together. And then I get to see it all come together. And it's like beautiful. Like I'm just like excited. So that feeds my soul. So I think it's just really awesome to be able to find things that all fit together and they complement one another. And I'm just, I'm just grateful that I can do it. Well, I can tell you, Crystal, if our listeners didn't know what a badass you were prior to this interview, they are probably shaking in their boots with just <laughs> excitement over how amazing you are. It's funny because the first time I ever came to a yoga class of yours, I mean, it's not traditional yoga, so I wasn't sure what to expect. I talked myself the whole way out of there, like, I'm not going to be good at this. I should go to the back so nobody sees me. And I remember... Um, getting there and just seeing um, so many different 
people and body types represented. And once the class started, there was this one woman, and I don't know her name, I don't know who she is, but the pure joy that was on her face the entire time, I don't think she ever stopped having a smile on her face. Um, It's just that that's the presence that you have with people and your work is just so greatly appreciated well thank you i will tell you this i'm just recycling all the beauty in everybody else i'm just gonna say that like i can't totally take credit because i do you know i think it's just such a blessing to like you know with that like people give me so much beauty and like positive energy like i just want to throw it right back i'm like you gave it to me i'm gonna give it right back to you let's just talk about it Well, that that must be what keeps you uh, your frequency so high. Well, again, Crystal, thank you for being with us today. We um, I have I know we've grown, we've uh, we've cheered up, we've laughed, and that's always a great interview when you invoke all those emotions. So, thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for having me. All right, listeners. So next week we will continue with our insights and strategies from Jen Sincero's book. You are a badass. Um, And as I mentioned um, last week, this book is a life changer. And so for your convenience, we've linked the book in the description just in case you haven't already purchased it. So if you've enjoyed this episode, I am that leader. Please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. Now, if this is your first episode or if you've not listened to the entire first season, we'd love for you to know what you think. So we'd like to challenge you to share this episode with someone that you feel is that leader. And don't forget to use the hashtag, Be The Leader You Deserve. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes to get automatic episode updates for our Be The Leader You Deserve podcast. And dot, dot, dot. Recently, we've created a Facebook and Instagram page to give you more frequent updates, quotes, and inspiration to carry you throughout the week. So make sure to follow us at Be The Leader You Deserve to stay up to date with leadership ideas and updates on our other projects that we have in the works. And finally, please take a minute to leave us an honest review and ratings on iTunes. We'd love to share them with the rest of our listeners. They really help us when it comes to the ranking of our show, and we make it a point to read every single one of them. So, all you badasses out there, thanks for listening.